Two friends taking pictures of the rising full moon on a summer night. Two teenage kids doing what teenage kids do. When a stranger with a gun and a death wish changed everything. It was violent, it was senseless, and I will never understand it, I will never accept it. I'm Amy Donaldson, and unfortunately, we're all too familiar with stories about how violence shatters lives. But what we rarely see is how they are rebuilt. In a new podcast, The Letter, we relive tragedy, but only so we can hear the rest of the story. The struggle to reclaim lives, the realities of grief, and the possibilities of forgiveness. I believe in miracles. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. I've Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry. Thank you so much for tuning in. I've missed you. It's been a week now since you and I have been able to hang out here on these airwaves, and I'm so grateful to be back. Also, of course, grateful to the time uh, I, I had off, and thanks to the wonderful guests, hosts, who took the time to, to fill in on my behalf. Uh, a wonderful, wonderful radio. I was grateful to them, and uh, also grateful to them for giving me the opportunity to spend to spend the Thanksgiving week with my uh, wife and baby daughter, Piper, who I'll tell you about in a little bit. She, uh, on Thanksgiving Day, became a walker. She became uh, bipedal. I guess you're bipedal before you're able to walk. Well, uh, she's putting those legs to work now, and she is up and moving around. And for all of you who have been through a similar uh, life event uh, with a child when they become a walker, uh, things things change. Things change. you got to rearrange stuff in the house you got a baby proof and anyway i i'm open to advice if you've got any advice on uh for this <laughs> now that i am the father of a, a baby walker <clears throat> i'd be very grateful five seven five zero zero is the utah community credit union text line uh some sad news to start today's program u.s district judge d benson has passed away at the age of 72 we have some calls out to individuals who have worked with him in the past specifically Mike Lee who in 1997 uh, was a clerk for uh, for uh, Judge Benson and if you go now to uh, deseret.com there is an article that looks back uh, over the life and career of D Benson and uh, there also are words shared by Senator Mike Lee. Uh, we'll see if we can expand those and welcome the senator onto the program at some point today uh, to talk about uh, D. Benson, who at 72 uh, has passed away. Uh, a giant of a judge here in the state of Utah, uh, served for, for many years, uh, appointed by George H.W. Bush, and has since uh, that time uh, served in a number of capacities, uh, has passed away. Brain cancer. Uh, stage four brain cancer. He was diagnosed in April. And uh, so that's that. And uh, the details will come throughout the day, I'm sure. And the remembrances, uh, more important than that, will come uh, throughout the day and well beyond. Uh, anyway, I also want to talk to you about something I experienced over the course of the week, something I didn't expect to experience. If you remember, uh, when you and I were last here chatting together, uh, Boyd Matheson also sat down and joined us, and it was on the day that uh, President Nelson of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints kicked off the uh, the hashtag Give Thanks campaign. Now, I remember getting home uh, last Friday, the Friday before Thanksgiving, that is, and I pulled up my 
my Facebook and uh, looked at Instagram and Twitter, and it was uh, it was totally full with pictures and comments uh, by my social media friends, people like you, uh, sharing the things for which they had given thanks. And when when the announcement was made, when the call was made to to do that, to each day uh, for a week share something for which you give thanks, uh, I, I don't know what I expected. I thought, well, that's a very nice thing, and I'm sure that I'll, I'll encounter a few of those posts, and that'll be very nice, wonderful, good. And then I didn't put too much thought into it until until exactly what the call was to flood the social media airwaves with gratitude is exactly what I saw. You know, due, due to the nature of my work and the, the type of radio program we do here, and I involve myself very much in the political, most of my social media is uh, less social and more political. Uh, oftentimes, somehow in the algorithms, uh, it, it is pushed to the top of my news feed all those things that probably fit into the category of conspiracy theory. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> there is a, a lot of strong words about President Trump, a lot of strong words about uh, President-elect Joe Biden and all of the uh, the peripheral cast of characters there. That's most of what my social media feed looks like. And I try to avoid it and I try to I try to game the algorithm. And I I'm really interested when I use social media, especially Facebook and seeing what's going on in the lives of my family members and friends, you know, the social elements or the social uh, parts of my life, not so much the political. But nonetheless, what happened was that all of the divisive political fighting, that was all gone. That was all gone. And as I scrolled, I was able to not only get updates on the lives of my friends and family members, but I was also able to see exactly uh, what uh, was called for by President Nelson, and that's were uh, the expressions of gratitude. It was a, a wonderful, wonderful thing. And I am sad, uh, saddened now uh, to know that we've moved beyond it. Uh, you know, the, we, we, we answered the call and we shared all of our thanks. Uh, but here's what I realized just about an hour ago. Uh, and this is this is social media 101 for for most folks. So I'm just kind of late to to realizing this. You go to the hashtag itself, and if you maybe this week or in the weeks to come or at any point uh, find yourself getting a little down and discouraged, as I was by being constantly inundated uh, with the doom and gloom of the coronavirus, with the divisiveness of uh, presidential politics, and with anything. With anything that got you down, what you can do is uh, you just search that hashtag again. That's how they work. And uh, you will be uh, once again presented with a never-ending list to scroll through and uh, find reasons to give thanks and to join in your social media circle in their efforts to give thanks. So that's a, that's a wonderful thing. Uh, one thing that I am very, very grateful for, uh, the vaccine developments. When you and I were last here chatting, uh, there was Pfizer had a, a, what, 94 and some change percent effective vaccine. Uh, we had heard that Moderna had also announced a 95 percent effective vaccine. The new news on that front is that in addition to the claims by Moderna of of boasting of a 95 percent effective rate, they also have now, again, this is the claim, that uh, they claim to have a 100 percent effective rate in terms of combating against the severe cases 
of the coronavirus. So of that giant pool of uh, 15,000, half of the phase three pool, uh, of that giant pool, those who were administered the vaccine and who came down with the coronavirus, none of those individuals uh, in that 5% pool, none of them uh, developed uh, severe cases of the coronavirus. That That's wonderful, wonderful news. And every bit of information regarding this coronavirus vaccine, uh, I'm hungry for it. And so uh, we're going to take a break right now. When we return, I'm going to welcome into the studio Dave Noriega of Dave and Dejanovic, broadcast each morning here on KSL News Radio. Uh, they had a fascinating conversation today, and it came down to who should get the vaccine. We all know that uh, healthcare workers are going to be at the front of the line, but who should be in line just behind them? They had people from throughout the community uh, making their pitches, from law enforcement to nursing staff uh, to the old and frail. Uh, we'll get the details from Dave next on Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry, and this is KSL News Radio. Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. There's desperation and anguish. More than 80,000 Afghans have since arrived in America. But this story is still unfolding. I'm Andrea Smartin. In my new podcast, Stranger Becomes Neighbor, we'll find out what happens to these new arrivals in our communities. Who would help our newest neighbors? Follow us at kslpodcast.com, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen.